It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Thunder Podcast, we're going to dive into your mailbag questions, talking about SGA's future, how the offense can progress, who the Thunder should start next year, and who can fit into the Thunder rotation. All of this and more coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at thundersintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod and email the show LO Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bet Online. We're going to dive into the Thunder Mailbag episode, answering your questions about the team, like who should start, how the Thunder are going to handle this season moving forward, how they can improve offensively, offseason questions, cap space questions, JJ Reddit questions, win total questions. We've got it all today on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Ben Online. They have you covered with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Ben Online is where the game starts. So I took to Twitter and asked you your uh, questions, takes, comments, concerns about the Thunder and the NBA. You can do that anytime at Ryland underscore styles, and we're going to answer it here on the show. So let's start with Vince uh, Go Crazy. Who should start the power forward spot, Jeremiah Rompsonero or Darius Baisley? So with the starting lineup, it's pretty much set for four spots out of the five. Like you're, you're going to start SGA. You're going to start Josh Giddy. You're going to start Lou Dort. You're going to start Chet Holmgren. Now you're going to figure out that fifth piece to put together with those with those four guys. And I think that this is going to be the biggest debate from now until October uh, you know, 20th or 19th, whenever the Thunder end up starting their season. This is going to be the big debate. Uh, should it be Jeremiah Robson or should it be Darius Basley? Uh, I think just... Straight up, you're you're running this as in who fits the best next to Chet Holmgren, who who gels the best with that lineup. I think you go Jeremiah Robinson Earl. I think that he would be the best basketball player on the floor with that group. Uh, I think that Baisley thrived last year whenever he did get benched and he came off the bench. Uh, I think that he thrived in that role uh, as a backup big. I think that he can thrive in that role again this year um, if the Thunder elect to go this way. I think that Jeremiah Robson-Earl and Chet Holmgren can really balance each other out on both ends of the floor, especially with Jeremiah Robson-Earl improving at the rim in summer league, his rim finishing. And I still believe that he can shoot 
at a very high clip, especially for his position from beyond the arc. So I think that he's a lot of offensive potential that we uh, haven't necessarily, you know, gotten to see on the grandest stage yet. And so we'll see that more, I think, explored this season. And I think that defensively they both balance each other out, especially with Jerry coming in, looking more versatile defensively in summer league. Now, granted, I mean, Darius Baisley was elite last year defensively. Um, you know, now his offense was not good. His offense was not good for most of the year. But defensively, he was an elite shot blocker. Uh, he was very good guarding one through five and switching. He took on uh, priority matchups. You know, he took on either the first or second best guy on the team. Uh, him and Lou Dork took those took those opportunities last year. And the Thunder, for a lot of the season, had a top 10 defense last year. Uh, and then, of course, at the end of the year, they didn't even play any of the regular guys, so the numbers get kind of skewed and stuff. But for the majority of the season, including into January, into February, they had a top 10 defense uh, for the Thunder last year. So a lot of that was based upon Lou Dork, Darius Baisley, and the team effort that they had out there. Uh, I think that at the end of the day, when we get to the midway point in the season, we can look back on lineup data and it'll show us that Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, SGA is probably one of your better lineups. Um, who will start literally on October you know, 20th, 19th, whenever the season gets going? Uh, I think it could be Darius Basley because of the fact, you know, first-round pick and seniority and, and, comfortability, you know, and, and comfortability and things like that. Uh, plus, I do think that that can be a lethal defensive unit. Like if Darius Baisley can come into training camp and can show in a contract year, which is, you know, the biggest year of his career, obviously it's a contract year. If he can come in and show that he can shoot um, average or above average from three, plus he still plays defense at the clip that he did last year. And especially the shot blocking and the stuff that he did last year and the switching stuff he did last year. And now you can put a defense out there that has Lou Dort, Darius Baisley and Chet Holmgren. Yeah, that's going to be a very good recipe for success, especially if you use him better offensively, which we saw at the end of last year, you know, him being able to roam around more offensively off ball and cutting more offensively off ball. Uh, I think that this is going to be a decision by Mark that you can't truly question because there's no clear wrong answer to me. We can all have our favorite sides and we can all pick uh, who we would start. But to me, there's just no clear cut wrong answer. And what I mean by that is you're obviously not going to start Tail Melvin or SGA, like over SGA. Who's the starting point guard? It's SGA. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. With, with this position, I really believe that it is a 50-50 debate between Jerry and Darius Basley. And so training camp will be huge. And I will say, um, forget all the first-round pick stuff, forget all the contract year seniority stuff, the Thunder are going to let these guys compete in training camp. And they're going to use training camp as a breeding ground for competition and for you know that to for that to develop into um, growth within their players. And if Jeremiah Robinson is just better, he's just playing better and he's just looking better and fitting better, they're going to start him. They started him last year whenever they were both healthy. Um, and they were very comfortable doing that after the first, like, what, month or two of the season. They were very comfortable sliding Jerry into that starting role uh, on, on a consistent, the permanent basis before kind of the bumps and bruises of the NBA season took hold. So um, this is going to be a very fun battle to watch, though. I think that this is one of the biggest storylines heading into training camp is Baisley or Jerry, because if you're Darius Baisley and you're heading into a contract year and you don't crack the starting lineup and stuff, like you start to press a little bit. And so I want to see how he comes out in this year where it's truly make or break. Uh, now, granted, I think that, I think that Darius Baisley will be in the NBA no matter what happens in 2023, even if he plays bad this next year, but still you obviously want to try to have the best year of your career right before you hit free agency. Uh, Vince got crazy. Also asked, 
Do you think that this gain your minutes model will work or are there too many guys who need to prove themselves and how will OKC handle that? Yeah, I think that the competition stuff will work because I think that if you truly, if you truly give these guys an environment where on September 30th, you know, it feels like everyone can do everything. So it feels like everyone can find a way to starting the unit. Everyone can find a way into their rotation. Everyone can find a way to be a priority bench player. Everyone can find a way into legitimate NBA minutes. And that's what, it, that's what the reality is. Like you're not selling them on that. Like it, it's true. Like it's not just a, a selling point. It's, it's a true fact that all 17 guys that end up on the roster, including the two A guys, you know, whoever the opening day roster is, every one of those guys have, have a chance in training camp to earn their spot on the roster and earn their minutes on the roster and their rotation. Um, so, I think that that will work. I think that that will bring out the best in every player and you see the cream rise to the top. I think that that's a really good model and a luxury that you have as a young team. Because if you're an older team, your roles are much more defined. Your minutes are much more defined before you even step foot in the training camp. You know, your rotation's pretty well clear cut uh, out for you right now. The only thing that's clear cut is that you're going to start SGA, you're going to start Lou Dort, you're going to start Josh Giddy, and you're going to start Chet Holmgren. That's the only thing clear cut. Every other, you know, starting position, every other minute, you know, workload, all that is still up in the air. And we can go back and forth on debates on who should or should not be in those positions. Like, it is going to be very fascinating to see how the Thunder work that out. And I think that having them battle it out in training camp is going to be what breeds the best version of this Thunder team and the best version of these Thunder players. So I'm very excited for uh, that to unfold. I'm also very excited to tell you right now about our good friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is, of course, the fastest and best way to bet on all of your sport action. Finally, sport developments, events, league news. It's number one source for odds, lines, and games, including uh, MLB, NFL, MLB, uh, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for your sports wagering information. Find live uh, betting. Scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Bet Online today is going to use your mobile device and tell you all about the action that's happening today. Bet Online is going to check you out. So it's this easy. I type in Bet Online, I go to sports. And if you're like me, and the only sport you feel comfortable wagering hard earned money on is the NBA, you can still bet on the NBA today by going to future bets. So right now, you can go look at their win total. And we can scroll down to the Thunder and the Thunder win total at Bet Online, the over under set 26 wins. And the over is minus 125. The under is minus 105. So can they have another two-win improvement or better um, in OKC this year? We take the over on that or the under on that. If you want to go wager, go do it over there at BetOnline today. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter 
at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. We're going to dive more into these mailbags. This is going to be a long mailbag episode. We're going to stretch this into two parts probably because we have so many great questions. Thank you all for sending in the questions. But the next question comes from at HoneyBadgerBet. Is having cap space wildly overrated now that all-star level free agents um, seemingly will now just ex- extend with their current team and then ask for a trade later? Um, no, I think that cap space is still very important because of all the things you can do with it. It's not just about hunting free agents. Um, it's easier to trade for guys on big deals if you have the cap space already. Like it's easier to do that. You're not forced into giving up too much, or, or you know, not forced to giving up a bad deal to where you, know, you you lose leverage or need to give up more assets. Like having cap space is huge for trades. It's huge for trades like the Spurs right now. Like the Spurs can have the cap space to take on Russell Westbrook and get a first round pick for nothing just to buy him out. You know, and they get a first round pack pick for free because they have all this cap space they're not going to use anyway. Like they can do things like that with cap space. So you can facilitate trades. You can make trades of your own to go get star players easier. And for players that are on the open market, uh, you, you can go dabble into that as well. Look at, you know, even DeAndre Ayton was hanging around. So the Pelicans for the, so the Pacers said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just throw, let's throw him a contract. Let's throw him a max deal and see what happens. And if the, if the Suns match, the Suns match, but we have a shot at him. Uh, Colin Sexton right now is a really good player. I mean, of course, he's coming off of an injury. He's sitting out there right now as a, as a restricted free agent. You know, if you had just cap space lying around, you could go and get yourself a really good player in Colin Sexton um, because you have the necessary cap space, whereas other teams you know, don't have that luxury. And, of course, we'll see if the Cavs like, match any deal or whatever. But still, like the cap space is important in the NBA, and it always will be important in the NBA. But um, you just won't, you just aren't seeing as many marquee guys hit the free agency pool as you used to, but it's still very important. Uh, Honey Badger Bet says, Last year the Thunder had the worst offense in the NBA. What can they do to help SGA and Josh Giddy complement each other more? Uh, and, of course, the metric using there for the worst offense in the NBA is offensive rating. Um, it's difficult because Josh Giddy got hurt right after the All-Star break, so they played that one game um, against Phoenix after the All-Star break, and they looked fantastic, and Josh Giddy said it was the very best game that they've played together. Josh Giddy said that before that game that they had a meeting with you know SGA, with Josh Giddy, with... Mark Dagnall with Sam Presti, and they all got on the same page. They all figured it out together, and then we never got to see it again after one game. Uh, so maybe something clicked in that meeting, and that's what's changed. And we'll act like it's the offseason, but really it was that meeting. Like We're never going to know when it clicks or why it clicks necessarily, uh, but just repetition and growing together. Like It it feels like it's been a long time because it's been a calendar year, but they have not played that much basketball together, like truly together um, in the last year. So just repetition and being able to, you know, play with each other more, plus better players around them. Like, I think that Jalen Williams is a huge upgrade from Santa Clara. I think that Chet Holmgren, of course, is a huge upgrade um, as a second overall pick. Whatever Usman Jane can provide, whatever Jalen Williams can provide, and then also just being healthier, right, together, plus having Kenneth Williams there, having, having Mike Muscala back, like being healthier, playing more minutes with each other, uh, and then just kind of shifting your goals to development together versus, you know, all in on the whole uh, lottery odds, like all that stuff factors in. To me, uh, you're going to see more of, you know, SGA is an ISO score driving kick guy where he's kicking out to Chet Holmgren who can actually knock down threes. Um, you're going to see more of SGA playing some off ball even in half-court settings at times where Josh Goody's goal is to get the ball back to SGA but get him back 
the ball in a more advantageous scoring position to where that will really help both parties as well. Plus just what Chet provides. Like the shot blocking is great. The defense is great. But Chet also provides such wrinkles that benefit both Josh Giddy and benefit SGA. With Josh Giddy, you know, he's just an elite playmaker no matter who's on the floor. And so that benefits him to have a guy who can knock down shots and who can uh, score at the rim. But for SGA, the driving kick stuff, but also pick and roll, pick and pop stuff with his driving ability, with his scoring at the rim ability, and especially with SGA's scoring ability at the rim in traffic. So now you can either go up in traffic and score over guys, or you can go up and dump it off to Chet Holmgren rolling with you to the basket. Like there's just so many wrinkles that come off of just adding Chet Holmgren. But I think that this offense will look a lot better. And then also, again, like you're not going to play, you're not going to play Georges and Jalen Horde and Melvin Frazier and you know, Zaire Simpson at the end of the season either. Like, I think that this is going to just look a lot different. So I think that they will take a statistical jump this year, um, offensively, of course, and they'll look a lot better. Um, at Graham Schmidt, one, if the Thunder tank again this year, do you think that there's any chance that, that Shea requests a trade? Uh, look, I have always been a proponent, proponent of the NBA has so much drama, and they have so many trade requests, and they have so many just storylines that you don't ever have to create them yourself. They will find you and they will come to you. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't think that, that tanking this year will be the straw that breaks the camel's back because you're not going to just tank and not have Shea on board. Like if you know, they've already told Shea what the plan is this year and we don't know what it is, but they've told Shea. They've told Shea either, hey, we're going to try to go for the plan or they've told Shea, hey, we're going to try to improve our, our draft stock at the end of the year. Those are the one of the one of those two things is what they told Shay, and he's already signed off on it because he hasn't been traded. Like like it's not as though they're hiding these plans from him, and he's going to be surprised in March that they're shutting down players if they do that. Like whatever they end up doing, they've already told him. They've gotten his reaction from that, so they have his reaction right now today about what they're going to do. So it's not going to change between now and then because he'll be informed of the plan. And so obviously he's on board with the plan, like he said at the end of his season press conference. Now, if we talk to him next year at the end of the year and, and he says that, you know, he's not on board with the plan anymore, what are you going to do? That's life in the NBA. Things change all the time. But uh, will it be because they tanked? No, because they've already told him they're going to tank if they have, if they if they do that. Like, it, it, whatever the plan is this year, he's aware of. So I don't think that, that this will change anything for him. Uh, there, there are so many other factors in that. So if they decide to tank this year, Shay's on board with it. And Shane knows about it. And he's either going to be disgruntled about it and, and say to Sam Presley, I don't want to do that. And then they'll work out some sort of agreement. Or he's going to say, look, I think that that's best too. Because if we can get one more stud in this draft class that is filled with all these great talent, you know, all, all this great talent, when you can add that to me and Josh and Chet, we're going to be a really good team. So like either way, I, I just don't think that that will happen. Um, like I don't think that it's on the brink of happening if they tank, right? I, think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of pressure on the Thunder because they, they've been very transparent. Now, if the Thunder weren't transparent, the Thunder have hit all their plans this whole time, which they haven't done, but if that were the case, then, yeah, you'd be waiting on pins and needles for when SGA would, would you know, be upset about it. But SGA's told you straight up, like, to to your face in, in these press conferences you know, and, and through us in the media to you, he's told you. He's fine with it. He's excited. He wants to see where this goes. He is He's on board the plan. So I'm going to take him at his word until we hear otherwise, that he's excited about this plan and he knows what the plan. A similar question from at No Limit Brando. Some people think uh, that the Thunder will tank this upcoming year. What kind of player do they need in the upcoming draft? Uh, they're still in, in best player available mode to me. Like, 
Like obviously Victor Mignano would be incredible because he's the number one overall you know pick in next year's draft, and he's the he's the best out there. But you know, even bringing in Scoot Henderson, who's like the six two guard, like if he's the very best player on the board, go get Scoot Henderson. Like you, you need whoever you think is the best. Like personally for me though, um, if I could just hand pick somebody that's not Victor Wembanyama, uh, I would pick one of the Thompson twins. Um, that, that's kind of what I think would fit the Thunder very well as one of the Thompson twins um, from Overtime Elite. So that's where I'm at with. Um, that question about tanking next year. But I'll reiterate, we don't know what the plan is for the Thunder right now from the outside perspective, but Shea knows. And so Shea's already given his opinion on that plan. And clearly, as it stands right now, it seems like he's on board with it, especially because he said that publicly. So we'll talk more about this coming up. But first, uh, we're going to dive into more of your mailbag questions on the other side. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Locked On NBA Podcast for the national perspective on the NBA. And we're going to continue your mailbag questions. This will be a two-part podcast because... You guys offered up so many great questions and, and so much fun uh, things to get into. But from at John one and one, what is your take on JJ Redick's comments on Bob Cousy? So if you didn't see a couple weeks ago, JJ Redick was on first take and he said that you know Bob Cousy played against plumbers, which is the the, the line that every um, young person on NBA Twitter throws out there. Um, was Bob Cousy playing against talent that's in the NBA today? No, like I don't care what you say, I'm a firm believer that the talent in the NBA has never been, has never been better than it is t- today. Like today's talent in the NBA far and away is the best that we've ever seen. And talent in basketball is the best we've ever seen. Was Bob Cousy playing against very bad basketball players like that we view as bad basketball players today? Currently looking through the prism of today. Yes. Like looking through the prism of today, those players were not good. However, you can't compare eras because if these players that are so good today went back in time and didn't have the resources that they have today, they'd play that style of basketball. And vice versa, if Bob Cousy was that good back then and then you transported him into today, it's not as though he's playing with 50s medicine and 50s recovery tools and 50s um, coaching you know, and teaching skills. right? So you, you, if you gave Bob Cousy the same resources that current NBA players have, I think that Bob Cousy would be a heck of a player. He'd be a Hall of Famer, and he'd be a, a, a top player in the NBA currently today. Uh, but the level of competition uh, and the talent pool as a whole was far worse back then than it is now. That's I don't think that that's arguable. Um, even if you gave that talent pool all the resources they have today, the talent pool still would not be good because they, they, just, they just aren't what, what players are today. They haven't spent their entire life you know, wanting to be NBA players so that a lot of these guys uh, have. So, like... Bottom line is, but I don't think that you should just discredit. I don't think that you should just discredit what Bob Cousy did because he played against bad players, because he played against the talent that was out there. It's like 
you know, in, in, in the NFL, your schedule is based off of how you finished last year. So if you finished fourth last year, you play all fourth place teams. First, you play all first place teams, etc. Well, if a team has made significant improvements since the last season and they go on a huge run and they win 12 games that year, yes, they beat fourth place teams, but they were only playing who they were allowed to play. So yes, Bob Cousy beat plumbers and, and pizza delivery guys, but that's who was on the schedule. I mean, so again, it's just, it's hard to compare others. And even, even Draymond Green saying that, um, you know, the, the, the Bulls with, you know, MJ and, and, and that team that won, you know, 70 something games, like that team was no, was nowhere close to the Warriors and the Warriors would have just mopped the floor with them. That's not how this works. Like, I think that the Warriors would beat the Bulls if they played today or in 2017. Uh, but it's not as though you can compare it and say the Bulls had to play by a certain rule and the, and the Warriors had to play by a certain rule. If you put that Bulls team in 2017, they'd play smaller. They'd play with more, you know, they'd shoot more threes and they'd do more modern things. I think that they'd have a better chance conforming to the modern NBA than vice versa. So, like, it's just, it's hard to compare eras and it's hard to to go back in time. I think that we should just take it for what it is instead of always wanting to compare, compare, compare. Uh, and I will say, Bob Cousy would be a hell of a player. Like, he, he'd be a much better player than J.J. Redick ever was. So, like, you know, it, it's difficult to hear. And, and Jerry West had that same comment about, it's difficult for former players to hear that from a guy like J.J. Redick, who back then wouldn't have been good because like, you know, you, 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 you just, he just wouldn't have been as talented. And if you put Bob Cousy in the era JJ Reddick played in and gave him the resources that JJ Reddick had, he'd blow JJ Reddick out of the water every time. So it, it's just, it, it's so difficult to compare eras and it's not really relevant to me because they just had to do what they, they had to do what they had to do. So to say, like they, they were just playing the way that they were known to play at that time. Uh, it, it's like baseball too. Like, if you gave Babe Ruth, you know, and, and popped him tomorrow against a guy throwing 117 miles per hour, 110 miles per hour like we got going today, yeah, he'd strike out his first at bat. But if you let him grow and develop into the player that he was back then, nowadays, he'd catch up to the fastball in a hurry, and he'd still be a Hall of Famer. So, like, yeah, technically, if you just drop him in for 1AB tomorrow against Shohei Otani, you get struck out. That's just not how, like, I, I know, it's, just not, it's not interesting to me to talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, the Meek Leak says Vegas has OKC as a 25 and a half uh, win next year. Uh, of course, they've bumped, bumped that up to 26 wins now, as we talked about in the commercial break. Do you take the over or the under? They won 24 games last year, so you're looking for like another two game improvement, three game improvement. Uh, I would take the over on that number, but honestly, I would just stay away from that number because I think that the Thunder have improved their win total, have improved their team and their roster. They have more winning pieces now. They have a better roster than they did before. But last year, they won a lot of close games. They won a lot of comeback games that are kind of fluky, you know, kind of weird, right? Like, you can't count on every single year. And also, I just, I wonder if they'll reposition. Like, I wonder if, even if they're in play-in contention, like if they're the 11th seed in the West come All-Star break. I think that at the All-Star break, they're kind of going to reevaluate things and say, what's better for our future? To be the 10th seed and just get from 11 to 10 or get from 11 to 7 even, or get from the 11th seed down to, you know, the, the fifth best odds at the number one overall pick. What's better for our future? I think that they might side with the draft odds at the all-star break. So, like, it's just hard, and I wouldn't bet on the Thunder win total this year um, if I was going to advise you on betting. Uh, but if you are going to bet on the Thunder win total this year, go to betonline.net and do it over there. Now, 
We have so many more questions to get to. So if your question was not read on this podcast, it will be coming. Like, what's the best nickname for Usman Jang? Uh, a very good question from OKC Skittles uh, about the first Thunder rebuild compared to this Thunder rebuild without knowing how they, um, without knowing how they develop kind of who has the better core at the same point in time. Uh, plus more questions like Trey Mann's future and Chet Holmgren, how he's going to grow in two or three years and what the Thunder should be looking for next off season. Plus who will be the three most important and pivotal players for the upcoming season ahead for the Thunder. So all of that and more is coming up on the Locked on Thunder podcast on tomorrow's podcast. So until then, I'm Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.